Hey everybody, welcome to this week's Making Sense of It All. As always, I'm your host, Jesse Stakes. My guest this week is the podcast lawyer, Gordon Firemark. I met Gordon through my research and my preparation in starting this show, Making Sense of It All. He provides a tremendous amount of resources and knowledge to folks like me that are looking to wade or dive into the waters that is the podcast industry. Gordon's journey, just like so many of us, started with a passion for something, and in his case, it was theater. But as you will soon hear, life isn't about the destination, but the walk there. And in many times, that destination may be altogether different than where you thought you were originally going. Gordon has been involved with entertainment in one way or another since childhood. He's done it all. At one time or another, he's been in lighting and sound to being the talent on the stage or behind the mic. As he so eloquently states on his website, Gordon Firemark helps artists, writers, producers, and directors achieve their dreams in the fields of theater, film, television, and new media. Since his admission to practice in 1992, he has focused his attention on providing sound, practical, legal, and strategic advice to his clients so that they can make smart deals, grow their business, and do great things. As I stated at the beginning of this, I met Gordon through starting this show. I'll share some of the other things that I learned along the way after the interview. I hope you enjoy the conversation that I have with the podcast lawyer himself, Gordon Firemark. Let's jump into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Making Sense of It All. I'm your host, Jesse Stakes, and today I have Gordon P. Firemark. He is the podcast lawyer. He is an attorney that specializes in entertainment. Gordon, thank you so much for joining me. It's great to be here with you, Jesse. Thanks. So, Gordon, I'll ask you what I ask everybody, you know, kind of why do you do what you do? What 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 got you started in, in entertainment, especially, but being an attorney? Were you, did you have a passion for it as a kid or or, you know, what was it that kind of drew you to law? Well, for me, the passion always was the entertainment part of it. I, as okay. a very young child, probably kindergarten, five, five, six years old, I got exposed to live theater and the, the the school I went to was a K through 12 and the high school kids were doing their production of Oliver and they took us kindergartners in to see a dress rehearsal and I was hooked. I was just drawn in and excited by the technology and the making magic on stage and all that kind of stuff. And so that was going to be my career path all the way up until I was in college when I started out as a theater major at the University of Oregon, but that was a performance-oriented program, and I was going to be a behind-the-scenes guy. Okay. So I, I didn't love the performance part of it, so I went and I uh, eventually shifted over into radio, television, and film production where I could be a behind-the-scenes guy. And so it was always entertainment for me. Uh, it was only in my senior year in college when I was taking some of the graduate-level classes, I sort of finished up my major early and taking some of the graduate-level classes and government regulation of the media and policy and management and things like that. And I discovered, well, the professor pointed out that I had this aptitude for that stuff. And she said, you should think about going to law school. And I laughed. I was going to go to film school and be a director or something. Right? <laughs> well, I didn't get into film school, <laughs> <laughs> but 
I did get into law school. I took the exams and and uh, got into law school. I took a year off and came back to LA to work in the industry. And then there was a big writer's strike, just like the one we have going on right now. And uh, that sort of shuts the business down for a while. So that was when I decided, okay, I will go to law school. And uh, so the, the law was a, a late addition to my resume. Very cool. It's a, I think people would probably say they do it the opposite way a lot of the times. A lot of people have aspirations to be an attorney or be a doctor or something on the professional side, and they find out that they they may fall short in that area, and then mm-hmm. they end up having to having to back off and figure out something else. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was good. You know, I get to indulge my passion for the entertainment industry, and I get to help people by uh, you know the, the the creative folks protecting them and helping them protect themselves, really. So. No it's doubt. win-win for me. What part of the law did you focus on when you initially got started? Well, you know, everybody in law school pretty much goes through a lockstep education, and then sure. you get a chance to specialize a little bit. And I took, of course, I took the class on entertainment law, and I took the classes on copyrights and trademarks. And and that's where, again, I sort of, uh, I really did my best work in school. And, and so it was pretty clear that I was going into the entertainment and media industry. And, uh, you know, being here in Los Angeles, that means the movie industry or the music industry. Right. And uh, I. So what was the it, first job out of college? Well, out of college, I was working in, the, in that uh, television production business for a Excuse bit. Me, but out that, of law school. Right out of law school. I went to work for an entertainment litigation law firm that did disputes in the in the entertainment industry. And we had, you know, rights of privacy cases and copyright cases and. And lots of contract kinds of things. And and I worked there a very short time because the, the firm's financial structures weren't so solid. And and um, then I ended up out on my own, really, within a year out of law school. I was hanging out my own shingle and setting up an office and doing my own thing. Very cool. I always find I've I've been in sales for most of my career. And I find that whether it's CPA firms, law firms, different professionals, you know, I, I'm always curious, you know, what was your tactic or how did you generate business? Was it word of mouth or did you, like, how did you, how did you get your name out there to start? You know, it, it was a little bit of word of mouth. It was, uh, you know, obviously finishing law school, let everybody I knew sure. in on the fact that I was now a lawyer <laughs> and uh, actually some of my former colleagues in the television business came to me pretty quickly with, you know, one thing or another, they had a, a situation or whatever. And my, my closest friend in the world had some uh, you know, people owed him money. And so would I help him collect those kinds of things? And and that just sort of snowballed, but I wouldn't say snowballed. It grew very, very slowly. And then I started uh, doing a newsletter back in the days when it was a hard copy printed newsletter with sticking the stamps and the labels on it and all that and mailing out hundreds and hundreds of newsletters, everybody I could think of that, you know, knew me a little bit. And that was just sort of to keep the home fires burning. But uh, a few years later, it became feasible to do uh, email newsletters. And and so I started doing that and launched a website very early on. This is the early 90s. Um, okay. So launched a website before people knew what websites were really and uh, had my my billboard on the super on the information superhighway, as they used to call it, and uh, just started blogging and getting the word out. But then the real game changer for me was uh, when podcasting became right. a possibility. And I started a podcast very early in the game. This is about 2007 or eight. I uh, started a show called Entertainment Law Update, and we've been doing it pretty much ever since then. And uh, it, that just allows me to position myself as a real expert and 
actually keeps me on top of my game, keeps me on my toes being an expert because I got to stay up to date on what's going on in the industry. And uh, that, you know, puts the message out there every month when we do an episode, the, uh, the world no knows. Doubt. Yeah. Well, and it's, what do they always say? If you want to figure out, if you know something, teach it. Right on. <laughs> so I, I really want to dive into that because that's, you know, that's how I got introduced to you actually mm. was when I was starting this show and I was coming from the studio show that I did previously. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start trying to wear a bunch of hats here and do, do my own thing. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the resources that I found fairly quickly was your website and a lot of the information that you provide for people who are interested in getting into podcasting. Um, you were an incredible resource to me before you even knew me. So <laughs> I want to thank you for that. But also, thank you. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, and I'm putting that out there for anybody else who's who's kind of in my shoes. You're an excellent resource. You have you have phenomenal tools. Um, but it's but you really are not to go on a tangent here, but you're not just advertising your services. You are offering to teach people what they don't know. Yeah, I'm, my, my my whole sort of purpose in life, my mission, if you will, is really to help people, help creators do the thing they do, get their message out, achieve impact and and become, you know, have the influence that they want in the world. And, you know, I'll, I can help them on a done for you basis. But I, I feel like in order to give back, I should also give them the tools and help people understand how to do it for themselves or do it with them, you know. And so I, I provide a lot of a lot of free information, as you said, on a YouTube channel and my podcasts and all that. Uh, and I also offer some, you know, products and services for for folks that need the tools and templates and things, but don't necessarily want to invest the big money in hiring someone to do things for them. Sure. I'll put you on the spot here. Do you have any favorite stories or people that you've kind of engaged with early in their journey with podcasting that that you're really proud of or that, you know, things that stick out in your mind? Well, you know, early on in my career, I, I helped a, a couple of, of I'm not going to name names because that's talking out of school, kissing. We can be vague. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a couple of guys that that started up a little comedy podcast network that um, um, when they sold it a couple of years ago now, it was it was in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So they they did very nicely for themselves. And it's it's a very well respected podcast network in the comedy space and you know sort of where everybody wants to be so that's fun and um uh, you know I, I work with a number of other talented people in in various disciplines and um it's just exciting to me to to be along along for the ride while they're making uh making big world world changing content sure do you feel like it's a i mean there's so many podcasts out there there's millions of them now mm -hmm. do you feel like it's uh, do you feel like it's a medium that's kind of getting um oversaturated, if you will? You know, a lot of people talking about this, and I don't really think it is oversaturated. It is, it's, it's getting to be a densely populated field, but it's densely populated in these very narrow niche subjects. You know, I mean, sure. I, I'm, I'm the only, well, maybe there's one or two other podcasts that do enter that talk about entertainment law. So yeah, there's hundreds of thousands or millions of podcasts out there, but the three of us that are doing entertainment law, we can, we can share that market really nicely. And so it's one thing, if you're just going to do a general talk or general comedy show or something like that, yeah, you, attracting an audience can be really challenging, but these narrow subject matter areas, that's what, that's the promise of podcasting is that there's something for everybody, no matter how narrow your interests are. No doubt. Well, and I think that it's, um, there's a lot of people doing it, but mm -hmm. it also gives people that creative control to where 
if you're talented or if you feel like you have a message that you want to give, you don't have to rely on somebody else to be willing to put you out there. You have the control over it now to, you know, buy some equipment, give yourself a platform. Mm -hmm. And if people like you, they like you. If they're interested in your message, they're going to listen. And no two people are going to be presenting the same material the same way. So, you know, it really is an opportunity for people to express their individuality and, and really bring your perspective to your message and, and share things, <clears throat> excuse me, share things that with an audience that appreciates the way you present it. And so no there, I think there's always room for people. I, I agree with you completely. T- talk to my audience a little bit about some of the tools. I know we've kind of mentioned some of them, but, but if they're interested in utilizing your services or if they're saying, they're saying, Hey, this is interesting. What are they, what would they actually be getting from you? What are the, you know, kind of levels of service that you offer? Well, I would say anybody who's sort of interested in learning more about the business and legal side of podcasting should, uh, or or any entertainment industry endeavor really, should follow me on social media. My my handle is G Firemark, my first initial last name, G-F-I-R-E-M-A-R-K. And uh, I offer, like I said, a lot of free content. I do a weekly live stream. I do a couple of podcasts and and that. And on, social, on YouTube, you can always find my video explainers and instructional things. Um, and uh, if you're really serious about podcasting, sign up for my free workshop that I do every every 10 weeks or so. It's called uh, Business and Legal Fundamentals for Podcast Growth and Profit. And you can go to uh, event.podcastlaw.net. And uh, I do, I do, it's a, it's a webinar style workshop and a lot of, a lot of teaching, a lot of here are the mistakes you can avoid if you pay attention and <laughs> those kinds of things. And cool. uh, that. Yeah. And then that's a way for me to share some information about my other products and service. I've got templates and, and forms. Those are available on uh, podcastlawforms.com or easylegaltemplates.com also. And um, for the real diehard, the, the ones who are really serious, I've got a course called Easy Legal for Podcasters that really walks you through the what I call sort of the four pillars of, of uh, protection for podcasts. Very cool. Are they interactive? Is it something to where when somebody when somebody jumps on your 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 calls with them, are there are there Q and A sessions, or is it more a one way to where you're you're doing a presentation and it's great information for them, but it's something that they kind of have to they digest it and then if they want to follow up, you do they can later. A little of both. The workshop okay. I always leave lots of room for Q and A at the end because you know it always raises something in Absolutely. somebody's mind, and and I like to be able to answer questions. And inside the course, of course, we have uh, uh, monthly conference call sessions where we meet up on Zoom and everybody brings their questions and we work through some issues and sometimes uh, additional little trainings and and uh, yeah, keep it dynamic that way. So try to be interactive Great. when we can. Very cool. Gordon, I want to thank you for spending a little bit of time with me today. I'd love to have you back on the show and we can talk about more specific topics. But but as an introduction to my audience, this was perfect. I really appreciate it. Well, that's great, Jesse. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have been able to do it. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Gordon is such a great resource and he does such an excellent job of putting information out into the world so that if you're interested, you can learn so much just by checking out the content on his website or his social media. So before the interview, I said that I would share some of my insights or my experiences that I have had since starting this podcast. I thought that I would talk about the hardware and software that I use, but then I thought that would be a little too far into the weeds, and if somebody really wants to know that kind of stuff, I'm happy to share. Just send me a message. 
What I really wanted to share is that there are a lot of great people, like Gordon Firemark, and a lot of great resources that exist today if you have a desire to create. As my son says to me, there's levels to this stuff. But today, entry level isn't so entry. Editing isn't so difficult. Graphic tools like Canva can make the unimaginative person look cool. Software like PowerDirector 365 and Apple products can help you edit like a pro. Music and sound can be licensed and purchased in five minutes, and your content can be live on so many accessible platforms through hosting services such as Budsprout, and your video content can be on YouTube, Vimo, as well as other social platforms such as Facebook and Instagram, and so many more. My point with all of this is simple. If you want to do it, do it. You'll make mistakes and you'll learn along the way. You'll get better and you will put something out there for the world to see that is unapologetically yours. Enjoy the journey. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'll catch you guys next time.